As I mentioned at the beginning, uh, today is Christ the King Sunday. <clears throat> and I don't know if, uh, if you had the same impression I did as I was reading and studying the lectionary text for this, this Sunday. They're a curious blend. I, I had a problem kind of deciding what, or figuring out why did the people who put our prayer book together pull these scriptures together? And why did they choose it for this Sunday? Now, I think it's because in the Old Testament, there is a, a, a metaphor. The, the shepherd is a metaphor for someone who leads God's people. So if the king is a king, then he must be a shepherd. And so Ezekiel 34 characterizes God as a shepherd who will return the sheep to their land. Psalm 95 says, just ever so briefly, that we are his people, the sheep of his hand. And Matthew, the gospel that I had just read, um, talks about the Lord separating the sheep from the goats. And as far as I can tell, 1 Corinthians 15 didn't say anything about shepherd or sheep, but it did talk about Jesus Christ, the victorious king. After he's put everything in subjection, he will hand it all over to his father, saying, it's all done. Here it is. Now, as I studied and thought and prayed, um, I was led to Ezekiel 34. But I wasn't really sure that I should preach this on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, because the passage ends with that God says he will judge between the fat sheep and the lean ones. <laughs> You have to decide which one you are. <laughs> this morning, I want to look, though, at uh, two aspects of uh, Ezekiel 34, but also tie in uh, John chapter 10. And we're going to look first at the wicked shepherds. Now, we didn't read very much about the wicked shepherds. That is found in verses 1 through 10. But it's a good backdrop uh, for understanding why it is so important for a good shepherd to come. The wicked shepherds in this passage that uh, Ezekiel has written are the, those who rule over the Jewish people, over the Israelites. They rule, but their rule is not a benevolent one. Their rule is not a good one. In verse 3 of chapter 34, and by the way, if you have a Bible in front of you, you might as well pull it out and just follow me. Um, in, chap in verse 3 of chapter 34, it talks about how the shepherds mistreat the sheep. They are wicked because they mistreat them. And what do they do? They fleece the sheep. Now, this fleecing of the sheep is a natural thing for shepherds to do. But there is a wrong way to fleece the sheep. And verse 3 talks about how they exploit the sheep. It says, you eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones. Now, shepherds do these things. But there's more that's required of shepherds that these wicked shepherds don't do. They only see the sheep as being to their advantage. They don't care about the sheep. So Ezekiel goes on to say in verse 4, 
You do not feed the sheep. You feed off of the sheep, but you don't feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The straight you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. You get the picture? The kings of Israel, the kings of Judah in the Old Testament were generally not good kings. And what God was, was angry about was not, that the, not only that they were morally uh, uh, imperfect and that they did many wrong things, but especially for the way that they treated God's people. God had given them a, an assignment. They were to lead the people of God, but they didn't do it. They used the people of God to their own advantage. In verse 5 in chapter 34, it tells us that the sheep were scattered because there was no shepherd. The sheep were scattered because there was no, there was no shepherd. Now, it happens in agriculture, in, uh, in raising sheep and other animals, that if their caretakers don't take care of them, then they suffer. But it also happens in human relationships. If parents don't take care of their children, their children suffer. If leaders don't watch out for the people, the people suffer. And generally it's the innocent who suffer the most. The ones who need the help of a a godly leader, a godly parent, a godly teacher, They are the ones who suffer the most. The church has been wrecked in uh, probably the last 20, 25 years with uh, the the scandals of clergy sex abuse. People have been harmed emotionally and spiritually as well as physically. And the church has been harmed Think of the millions and millions of dollars that should have been spent on ministry, on reaching the lost, on caring for the poor, on instructing the faithful. All that money spent because some clergy were irresponsible, were immoral. And God has a harsh word to say to these shepherds the shepherds of Israel, but the shepherds of today. Every once in a while, I reread my ordination vows. And I'm brought standing straight. Lord, you expect a lot of me. And he says, yes, I do. I have called you to be a shepherd to the people. Be careful how you live. Be careful what you do. So these wicked shepherds, according to the message that God gave Ezekiel to deliver them, mistreated the sheep that they were leading, the sheep that they were to care for. And because of that, the wicked shepherds will receive God's judgment. 
Verse 10, God says, as for you. Oh, wrong one, sorry. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and will put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. God has righteous indignation when people who have been given responsibility do not fulfill those responsibilities. And it's not just in the realm of church, you know, clergy and laity. But God gives responsibility to all of us. And while this passage talks primarily about leaders among God's people, there's an application for all of us. Let's think about this for a minute. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6 that parents are to bring up their children in the knowledge, in the discipline, and instruction of the Lord. They have a responsibility. You have a child, that child is now your responsibility. It's not just a responsibility to make sure they're fed and clothed and kept safe. But Christian parents have a responsibility to bring their children up to know the Lord to accept his discipline, to be instructed in the things of God. I've been a pastor for a long time, and one of the things that is most grievous to me is how many kids have been raised, quote, in the church, but they're woefully spiritually ignorant. They don't know their Bibles. They don't know why we go to church. They just go through the motions. Now, some of that problem relates to the shepherds over them in the church. How many of you have grown up under shepherds who didn't believe the Bible, who didn't teach the Bible, who didn't care about the morality of the Bible? You have suffered because of that. But parents are also responsible for teaching their children. It's not just the church's responsibility. Your responsibility to train up your children to know the Bible and to love the Lord doesn't end just because you go to church. There's a grave responsibility, a weighty responsibility. And God says, Listen, pay attention to this. I care about you and I care for your little ones. And they're in your hands. So please, please be good shepherds to them. Not only does the Bible give responsibility to parents, the Bible also gives responsibility to rulers. Paul says in Romans 13, 4, that those who are are rulers are God's servants for your good. God has appointed them 
Now, as we enter a presidential election year, sometimes I, I confess it's a little hard for me to believe that God has put some of the people that get elected over us. And I struggle with that. But in a democratic society, guess what? We get the people, we deserve the people we get. We do. As a society, we deserve the people that we get. You don't like it? Then be a citizen. And do what a citizen needs to do. And God will use that to get good rulers over us. Because when rulers are not good, you know, not only when they're incompetent, but when they are morally corrupt, society suffers. Society breaks down. And the body politic doesn't work. You see, God is a God who rules. But God entrusts his rules to all, his rule to all sorts of people. And when he does that, they bear a responsibility. And Ezekiel 34 is not only about those who were put in charge of God's people, the kings and the prophets and the priests. But the principle extends to all of us. We are, we are responsible before God for what he has entrusted us. Now, God knows that we're not perfect. We make mistakes. The older I get and the older my, my sons get, the more I kind of shake my head and think, what have I done to them? You know, oh, they make this foolish decision. I bet they learn that from me. So I, I am properly chastened by this. But I'm also encouraged because God just doesn't shake his finger at the rulers for their lack of responsibility. But God gives a promise. And this is what we find throughout the prophets. God uses the prophets to speak judgment, but then God uses them to speak redemption, to speak of God's love, God's desire to do good to his people in spite of the mistakes and the sins. <clears throat> so verse 10 in Ezekiel 34 says, thus says the Lord God, uh, behold, I'm against the shepherds. But then he goes on to say, I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. Verse 11, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. God says, I know what's happened to you poor lost sheep. And I will do something about it. What I want you to see here is the tender heart of God. A stern heart to those who have acted wickedly and didn't fulfill their responsibilities. But a tender heart a tender heart of a good shepherd 
who cares for his sheep. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. They shall lie down in good grazing land. And on rich pasture they shall feed. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. And God has set about to to go and redeem his lost sheep, his injured sheep, his sheep that have been scattered and harmed. He says, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and I will, and the fat and the strong, I will destroy. I will feed my sheep in justice. So the wicked will receive their punishment, but those who have suffered God says, I will look for them and I have redemption for the broken. The good shepherd brings healing and restoration and he longs for the sheep that are lost. But part of his shepherding, God also gives a warning to all of us sheep in um, verses 17 and following. As for you, my flock. So here's a word just for us. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, I judge between sheep and sheep. Now what's that judgment? What would he be upset with us dear little sheep for? Well, he says, Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and drink of clear water that you you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Of course, this is a metaphor. But do you get what God is trying to say here? God loves us. He has given much to rescue us. But then because he has done so much for us, he expects us to be mindful of each other, to care for each other, to make sure that we don't harm each other by our rash and careless and selfish decisions. Because we can injure other sheep as well. And a little bit later in the passage, God talks about how the fat sheep, they crowd out the skinny sheep so the skinny aren't fed. They butt them with their heads. 
they uh, push them with their fat bodies. You know, Jesus was talking about the same thing in, uh, in his warning in Matthew 25, our gospel reading. He talks about, in this, using a different metaphor, sheep and goats. Goats are the ones who didn't care about Christ's little ones, the people of Christ. And in not caring and in ignoring and mistreating, Jesus says, you people, you people have done it to me. But then he addresses, he addresses the sheep. And he says to the sheep, you know, you over and over again done good to me. And the sheep are genuinely surprised. What? We fed you? We clothed you? We visited you in prison? Sometimes I think uh, uh, most of us have this vision that after we die, you know, we're, we're going to just be totally, of course, of course, God is rewarding me. God is, is uh, blessing me because I've been such a blessing to other people. <laughs> and God's going to tell us these things at the last judgment, and we're going to be surprised. Really? I did this for you. And God says, well done. Well done. But those who didn't, God says, depart from me. So God, God has uh, redemption for us. He will bind, he will seek the lost. He is seeking the lost. And you're going to ask, how is he doing that for us? If you have your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 10. Ezekiel, verses 23 to 24, God promises that he'll shepherd his sheep through the rule of Messiah. He said, I will put my servant David over them. That's a messianic prophecy. And in in, uh, John 10, Jesus talks to his disciples that he is the good shepherd. He's the one that God has sent to redeem the sick, the lost, those who need his help. And Jesus talks about his relationship with the sheep in beautiful terms. Jesus talks about how the sheep hear his voice. Those who belong to him hear his voice. That's verse three. And he calls his own sheep by name. Jesus knows you. He calls to you. He calls you by name. He's inviting you into a personal relationship. A relationship where there's a closeness, where there is a fellowship, where there is a going together through life. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my own know me. Of course, Jesus knows you, he's God. But do you know him? Do you respond to him? 
he guides his sheep. Verse 4 says, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now, what Jesus is talking about isn't mystical. It's not some otherworldly experience where somehow we ascend to a place where God calls us by name. Now, God can do that. He's God. But when we hear the scriptures being read and we respond in faith, our faith is the response that says we're hearing the shepherd call. When we hear a sermon and we hear God or we, we, we feel like I need to change this. I need to confess this. I need to pursue what God has promised. You're, we're hearing his voice. God calls to us by name when we hear the scriptures, when we read the scriptures, when we study the scriptures, and when we turn in faith and believe the scriptures. God uses his word to tell us, I've loved you with an everlasting love. God uses his word and the preachers of the word to let you know that you have a shepherd who supplies your need. Jesus says that he is the one who has come to save the lost. Luke 19.4 says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's a word to all of us. The prophet Isaiah says, All we like sheep have gone our way. We've We've ignored God to pursue our own lives. And God, the good shepherd through Jesus, is saying, hey, you've gone astray. I like the fact that our morning and evening prayer has a confession. And that confession says, we all like lost sheep. We have erred like lost sheep. We have gone on our own ways. We each have followed the devices and desires of our own hearts. And when we hear God calling to us, reminding us of our need from him, then he gives us the promise of his forgiveness, his love, his guidance. Parents, God will guide you in the raising of your children. Those of you with responsibility in the world, whether it's at work, whether it's at a school, whatever, in your neighborhood, God will help you. He will lead you, for that is his role as a good shepherd. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.